Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Got uh, David and Max here. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. I, I, I wish today came under better circumstances, uh, where we weren't we weren't so angry with the world. But but it's the way it is. Just just be comforted by the fact that you didn't have to deal with what Edward had to deal with. Mm. Uh, Edward went the game, traveled all the way to London, watched that, <laughs> stayed overnight, only got like four hours of sleep, went back and ran a 10K the next morning. All right? So, cool. so yeah. Uh, Edward, I well hope done. you're recovered, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. For the podcasters out there, this is what this episode's going to look like. All right? Um, we are going to give our Arsenal reaction Hint, hint, it's bad. Uh, we're going to talk about the scapegoats because we like to point fingers and like to share. We like to give the blame to someone. Let's talk about who deserves that blame. Um, then we're going to talk about our favorite comedy movies. Yeah, we'll do it. It'll be out there. And lastly, we're going to talk about bright spots at Everton. So how, how, uh, who wants to start this? Um, I, I know all three of us have been completely just chomping or champing, depending on where you're from, at the bit to, to, to get to, to vent and get something out about this. Who wants to start? Dave is retaining, isn't he? Let, it, let him open it up on his retain. And I think, Thanks, he's, I think I was, he's been I was, saving I it, wait, too. I was waiting for something a little bit more overwhelming from Jerry, but, you know, I didn't, didn't really get anything there. I'm be trying <laughs> things, so, yeah, thank you. I'm glad you got the memo, you know. <laughs> and I said no cards or flowers, but I expected something. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not going to go on here because I think we've all got a lot to say. So um, it was just painful again, utterly, utterly embarrassing. You know, uh, once again, we did it on the, the national stage for everybody to watch it. Um, I felt really sorry for Walcott that, he, he, you know, he's gone back to his old team. And you must have just been thinking, what have I done here? Um, I think once again, Aldi's got it all wrong, R- wrong team selection, um, wrong everything really. But I just think the players again, too many of them are just down on tools, going through the motions, and they seem to be getting away with it because they're fortunate enough that we've got Aldice in that nobody wants, and he's making mistakes, and everyone's picking up on them. But I think more blame needs to land at the feet of the players. You know, we've had three managers in charge now. All right, one was on the Instagram, but and they've just done these type of performances all year, painfully embarrassing performances, and that's exactly what um, what Sati was again, woeful. Max, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna blame the players, there I'm gonna I'm gonna take me turn to 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 have a little go at Allardyce because after that Leicester performance, you know, to show. That at Goodison and look like we've got a bit about bit about us, and then to come up against Arsenal completely changed the system, which just baffled me. Why would you go three at the back? One lad's only had one training session with the squad. The other two, Williams and Keane, aren't comfortable when playing three at the back. I think I said when we were previewing the match, I, I wouldn't be in favour of us going three at the back because we never really seem comfortable whenever we try and adopt that system. And 
so obviously the, yeah the first the first half was absolute shambles i mean and arsenal you know they they weren't um, they weren't well beaters by any means they were just you know passing through the line simple balls that were just cutting us apart but for me i know i know the the performance picked up a little bit particularly with the inclusion of tom davies in the second half but that's no excuse not to change the system completely he should have come, the lads should have come in at, at half time and Allardyce should have went, right, we tried to replicate what Swansea did. It didn't work. Okay, let's go back to what worked against Leicester. And granted, you know, it still might have ended up 5-1, maybe even worse. But at least it would have been a system that the players are familiar with and the players knew how to operate within. Uh, yeah, I know I know. David feels like, the, you know, a lot of blame should lie at the feet of the players. But I think Allardyce needs to show some accountability for, for his um, tactical selections. I, it's not that, I would, just before you go in, Jerry, it's not that I think it's it's all on the players. I definitely agree with Allardyce. I just feel like too many of them are hard and behind the blame for Allardyce because we all know Allardyce mm. completely fucked up again. You know, I totally agree with everything you said. You know, it was a shocking team selection. He, why he changed it, I don't know. But just in terms of at the end of the day, once they cross that white line, these are these are professional footballers. Even if you're getting told to play a certain way, they all know how to play football. And yet we've been be five on Saturday. Atalanta done the same to us. You know Southampton. We're not talking about Arsenal this year. Haven't been a great side. We're not talking about elite teams here. We're talking about average sides. And it's. It, I'll let Jerry. I mean, I'm sure we're going to go back to it. So I'll I'll see what Jerry has to say. But I just think they're getting away with too much the to plays this year. I don't think that was the worst Everton performance I've seen this season. I don't. Here's why. I I, I swear I can I can I can back it up. Okay, I swear. All right. Johnny, yeah. Okay, so first off, first of all, I, I put the majority of the blame on Big Sam as well. I do. All right. Um, I think he didn't think we had a chance. I think he had no faith in our players. And so he sat there and stacked the back, thinking, we'll defend, 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 and maybe get a 0-0 draw. I, I don't think he gave us a chance, because I don't think he thought it was winnable. I think he's benching players for the next game. Rooney, Sigurdsson, he's got these players just kind of, he put them in cold storage for a little while, to bring them back for a game that he thought was more winnable, more achievable. Because he's playing the averages, he's playing the points, all right? But if he'd have just gone for at the back... Look what happened when he went four at the back at halftime, brought Davies in, right? Wasn't it at halftime? Keane went off and Davies yeah. came in? Yeah. The, the, the second half is a pretty even half. We hit the post in addition to scoring a goal. We didn't just create the one goal, a goal opportunity. We had other chances. We didn't play bad for the second half. It was not the worst. We played better that half. There were games this season where we played two shit halves, total shit halves where we got nothing on goal, didn't get a sniff, you know? And the score lines were similar. So I think this was actually not as bad as some of those, mm. all right? Um, I just, I think, I think Allardyce was the one I was most angry with, all right? And, and, and the players, David, you're right. Everybody has seen that, that ridiculous uh, short video of Schneiderlin not pressing McTarian. When he, when, you know, I retweeted it. I, I usually don't tweet a lot of Everton stuff when it comes to criticism, just because I save it for here. But 
Schneiderlin did exactly what we said last week when we were talking about this, about why you don't play him right now. It's because he's walking and jogging and half-assing it, and it's frustrating to see, you know? So, yeah, some players deserve some, some blame. Uh, I, I don't even blame Mangala that much. I saw people slating Mangala, Keane, Schneiderlin, Williams, and Big Sam. And for me, the most at fault is Big Sam because of that lineup. Because Arsenal, their midfield, guys, their midfield's what ripped us a new one. Mm. And, our, and our defensive line was so packed back, that middle part is what just trimmed us a new freaking tree. You know? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm babbling. I'm saying everything right now, so I need you to stop and share the floor. So somebody else talk. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's so annoying. I, I do agree with the periods I really do I, I know for a fact he's got it wrong again but it's what I expect from him he, 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 that's the type yeah. of manager he is he's not good enough you know nobody's saying Everton are the biggest club and we know our level we're somewhere in behind the top six trying to break that mould obviously we haven't even been that this year so we know we're not one of the biggest clubs in the country anymore but I still believe Everton are a level above anything Aldice will ever be able to achieve and that's been proven by his mentality going into these bigger games. And, you know, we, we, we our record's crap against the top six, but it's not by choice. It's just we so, we've, we've still got these mental issues, but I still feel like we've always had more of a go than we have um, on, on Saturday and on, under him. Because when I even talk about top six games, it's almost away games in general. He doesn't want to know them. He just wants to beat teams below us or in and around us in the, in the Premier League and just get the victories there and kind of stumble our way to the end. Because yep. the irony is, this year, top seven is still achievable. You know, mm. we're not talking as if we're 13th and, you know, the best we can do is just kind of avoid relegation. Everyone around us is dropping points. We can finish top seven this year, but... Yeah, and David, to be an interrupting dick, Lallardyce yeah. literally said this season is a write-off. He literally yeah, yeah, said those words. Yeah. yeah, he did. You're right. He said that and... That, that once again reiterates the point I'm trying to make. And, you know, but just quickly before, as I said, I, I don't want to hug the air here, but, you know, we're talking about that result 5 1. Yeah, Allardyce definitely to blame. But what I'm talking about in terms of the players was Arsenal comes to Goodison and scored five goals. You know, Atalanta done it. Um, we got beat 3 0 by Atalanta. You know, how many times have we been beat by three or more goals this year? By bog standard teams and these aren't Allardyce teams these are with other managers mm -hmm. it, 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 for me the players just getting away with too much I think the, I think the players are getting away with too much I agree they're not blameless I will I will agree with you if I'm gonna if I'm gonna if we love to point the fingers so if I'm gonna point the finger I start with Allardyce but I'm like you guys are not blameless in this you know what I mean? It's like yeah. an argument between between two children be like I know you started it and damn it it's your fault but you're not helping you know yeah. what I mean? So you both get grounded. <laughs> well, in, in terms of, you know, the, the, well, and not just under Allardyce either, but the, the team selection surely can't help either because I, I can't remember the exact number, but the amount of players that we've used and the amount of different, you know, say, midfield and, and, and centre-back partnerships that we've used this yeah. season, it's just been absurd. And I don't know how any consistency is meant to breed from... Chopping and choosing who you field every week. I, I think we were so. I don't. I don't even know what the right word is. We were enthusiastic 
uh, I'd, I'd say that after the Leicester game because we can't we saw a team that looked like they were on the same wavelength mm. almost you know mm. particularly you know down that right hand side Seamus where was Seamus Coleman I heard uh, he was ill that he was, was he? yeah it, Allardyce came out and said he was ill like yesterday I think mm, well Seamus Coleman was out and then obviously but just with the three in the back and obviously that means Martina and Kenny are going to be pinned back as well. It literally, it leads to no no one, no one's there to link up or string a few passes together. And I don't know, I mean, I don't want to slag players' technical ability off because obviously to be playing Premier League football, you've got to be a certainly talented, talented individual. But I don't know why Yannick Balassi was in the side either. It really just doesn't look like he's up to speed since it, since coming back to since from his injury. Okay. So, and like, like like David said, you know we're, we're going into these these big games, and particularly with Sa- Big Sam as the manager, you know the write-offs before a ball's even kicked, mm-hmm. and that's that is not a mentality that you want a manager of Everton Football Club to to have, and it, it's certainly worrying. And I I really am praying because I'm I'm as, as the more time goes on, the more I'm uncertain. Will he still have his? Will, will, is he still going to be our manager going into next season? And I hope not, but. Um, uh, that might be the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I, I see a lot of people saying, "Look, don't be surprised if he's still here next season." I yeah. don't see how that will happen. I got to be honest. Um, I don't think Moshiri likes results like this. I think he finds it embarrassing. I think he does have some pride, you know. Even though he says he does say that games like this are expected losses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He did say that at one point. Um, but I do think he's – I don't think Allardyce was really his choice. I think – and I'm being honest here, guys. And I'm just some I'm just some American. I don't know shit. But my guess, seriously, is that they looked at it and they were like, you know what? We'd rather not go down and be able to get our real choice later. Okay? Yeah. There wasn't no options at the time. Everyone forgets. Yeah. Silver was – I still think Silver was probably a you know a, a plan C really. If you could have any manager that to choose from, that was realistic. But we went so hard after him, we didn't get him. And I think we even did say like, you now we're running out of options here. It's going to end up being someone like Allardyce who we didn't want. And then unbelievably, it did happen. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I hope I hope that isn't the case, Max, because I don't think it will. I I, I remember having a conversation where we were saying like we need to do this, that and that for Allardyce to even be considered to still yep. be in next season and he hasn't done any of those He's things. Close. You know? Yeah, we've been getting hammered in big games, we got knocked out of the FA Cup in the theatre rounds, you know, we're, we're faltering in the league. He's done nothing to really earn himself any sort of longevity, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't, I think he'll be gone. You hear you hear rumblings and rumors that we've already made agreements with other managers, uh, and that's that that's going to happen once the season ends. Uh, mm-hmm. Allardyce doesn't know it though, and if he does, he's not letting on because he's. I think he does. I think he honestly does. Well, he talked about planning for next year. Like he yeah. very specifically was talking about that, and immediately that's, I was like, <laughs> Yeah, that, no, that was something that kind of. Was on my radar when I was talking about that. When I when I seen that when he when he mentioned we need to stop 
the fact that he used we as well when so uh, how often in his press conferences does he turn it into his own personal agenda like oh i don't i don't fancy i don't like the way we have to play on deadline day i don't like this i don't like that but all mm. of a sudden you know we need to get ready for next season he's a glorified i know i'm always going to use that term that you use david you know he's a glorified interim manager and my worries that i had before he was even appointed are just flourishing before my eyes and it just it's painful to see well what i, what I thought was kind of a, a real testament to the character he is and I, I mean i don't know maybe he does believe what he's saying but do you know just the way he shifted all faults possible in his um post match interview and he basically said listen i'm doing my part these mm-hmm. guys aren't doing their part yep and but the, the irony is, and as you two both said more than anyone, we we can blatantly see that you've completely got the, the line wrong, you've set up wrong, and we've been punished big time for it. So that that doesn't wash. As I keep saying, Evertonians aren't fit. We are, we have our faults, but we know football, and you can't you can't pull the wool over our eyes. So for him to try and then you know, shake off all blame just says a lot about him, in my opinion. It made me very angry. Because, I mean, you can literally, if there's one thing you can prove by watching that game, one thing is that there was a change made at halftime and the play shifted. That is a Mm -hmm. simple, easy thing to watch and prove. You can just look at the numbers. You know, 4-0 one half, 1-1 second half. You can literally just look at the score and know that, that it was better play the second half. You know, just by doing that, and so I'm. I, I and that, what was the one thing that changed? Davies came in, and we we stopped doing five at the back, and we went to or three, whatever. It's pretty much five, let's be honest, and and, and went to four. And Davies was, went in there and was pushing the ball forward. He looked great, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he wasn't like a world beater, but he was somebody with a little balls in there, right? That was nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, then. Yeah. What excuse did he use for changing the team as he used one, or did he just? He tried to replicate Swansea, it, so that was that was pretty much his any 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 hint of blame that was on on him. That was that was him just saying we tried to replicate Swansea, it didn't happen, and it's their fault for it not happening. So to be honest, you know, like you saying there about about the second half, Jerry, I, I, I and I think it just goes to show what Everton have been like this season. I I, lo- I lost interest. You know, I, I think I watched like the first five ten minutes of the first second half and even then i was thinking you know what i can't be asked i i went i i turned leipzig on and watched leipzig and you know adam ola Luckman come on and i thought you know what he knows how to make his mark on his debut comes on last 10 minutes and score, scores the winner but apparently because he, he didn't cost 30 million um he wouldn't have made an impact on that game yeah um, but, to, but to, to be honest with you, yeah, I'm, I, I've I've said this. This one one of my points has been about you know Luckman moving away. Is I'm happy for the lad. Why 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 would you want want to be anywhere near the club during this 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 period? Really, it seems yeah. like a, a really just not an ideal place for a young player, particularly of the talents of Adam Ola Luckman to be around. And I don't blame him for forcing a move to Germany. Yeah, I found I found it really funny that Allardyce was trying to, you know. Be so negative about the fact that he picked Leipzig over Derby County, yeah. as if like, oh, you know, we did say this too. Well, I don't know why he chose that. Like third in the Bundesliga or go down to the Championship, and you can talk about like you know getting to know the English game. But I think you'll learn so much more at Leipzig than you will in Derby. And plus, you want to be involved in those kinds of, kind of games. I don't want him playing in front of 
15, 16,000 every week in the Championship when he could be, you know, playing in front of thousands in the, in the Bundesliga. Hey, uh, is he technically cup-tied with Europa League or can he, uh, or does that reset after no, that round? No, should be cup-tied, I think, because I know Klassen had issues with Napoli. Well, they said that was they it said, when it was. But, but yeah. It's meant to be something else, but... Yeah, I don't really know. Um, I heard, I read several places where they said that Lookman was going to get some Euro, Europa League time, but I was like, hold on, how is that legal? But you know how sometimes that resets after a certain amount of games, mm-hmm. yeah. so I don't know when that happens. So, a um, couple of things we do need to bring uh, bring up: Kuka Martina got the assist with his left foot. <laughs> what? Off of the goal. Yeah. 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 With his left foot. I shit you not. So that happened. That was a thing. Kuka Martina, you're welcome for my Christmas present that I just gave you. <laughs> That's right. I expect a thank you letter, Kuko. Uh, <laughs> next, um, we have to bring up the fact that uh, Arsenal's third goal, brutally, was it third or fourth goal? Brutally offside. Obama Yang gets his first goal yeah. for Arsenal, and it was Hang nowhere on. close. It was not. I could have called it, and I'm the worst referee like ever. Terrible. Yeah. At, at, at the end of the day, that they happen though. I, 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 I don't, I don't like, I, I don't like ling- or I don't like lingering on on officials' errors or, or things like that. Because really, as as a, as a player, you know, you should go. Oh, fuck it, it happened. Motivation, get your head down and mm-hmm. try and you know try and out. Play any decision that can go against you, but no, we just look like we we look lost. Yeah, we know we look right. shell shocked. Is the is the is the what I keep hearing over and over again? I think it's such a good way of putting it. We really did look shell shocked, mm. you know. And I agree with lost as well. I think one of the reasons we look so lost is because new system. We don't know our roles. We don't know what we're supposed exactly. to be doing. Exactly, and then that's to holidays. It is my whole thing about that lost thing. No, when we go behind, it just I just have a look at the squad, I have a look at the players. I, I, I'm telling you now, there's not one leader on that pitch at all. The, I'm convinced, and I've been wanting to say this for a while, but I haven't really had the right platform because I haven't been on for a few weeks. But I'm convinced the squad don't mingle with each other. You know, I think our our squad is made up of clans, mm-hmm. and I don't think the all I don't think that there's a team spirit there whatsoever. Now I think ten years ago. Yeah, that kind of the late noughties. That's what Everton were built on. You, they all worked for each other. I don't think this group at the moment. I don't. I I'm convinced that there's players that don't speak to each other day in day out in that group, and you can see it on the pitch. You see a player go down injured. Nobody goes over. See if he's all right. Just when you, when they're talking, there's one or two of them talking, one or two of them talking, and I think that all comes down to proof. Sorry, that there's no leader there. There's not one of them bringing them all together. There's none of that there, and I think that's why we always look so lost. I don't think we're a team. I don't think we have a team spirit. I don't think everybody gets on with each other, and I don't think we have any leadership. I agree. I think there's. I, I do think there's little groups, cliques, is what we would call mm-hmm. them here in high mm-hmm. school. You know what I mean? Uh, I know, yeah. Different- cliques is a, um, an Anglo-American word, I think. Uh, I wasn't sure if you guys called them the same thing, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. 
But, uh, I mean, you got, I know you, you often you see the Senegalese guys hanging out together on social media. See Ashley Williams and uh, Holgate. Holgate mm-hmm. kind of idolizes him, so now they're really close friends and everything. Uh, you, you, I mean, you, it's, it's been that way for a little while. I feel like you used to see uh, uh, the Belgians hanging out together uh, mm-hmm. and the Spanish-speaking guys hanging out together. A big part of that's language. Yeah. You know, that is a big oh. part of it. But, yeah, it, it, it happens at every club. I have no doubt it happens at every club. But I, I think something's got to bring it all together. I always remember reading that Haman story that was doing the rounds again a couple of weeks ago where I hate bringing Liverpool into it, but it's the best example. He said that Liverpool, they were all like that and they'd kind of go eat together in groups. And gr- and then I think it was Benitez that said, you weren't allowed to finish your lunch and leave until the last person had done so in the squad mm. and you had to speak to someone new in the squad every day mm. and then they all got to know each other like that and that's yeah. I, I feel like something like that dare I say something Benitez has done but you know I think something along those lines needs to happen with the squad in the summer with the new manager would you think well, I, I, would you think Seamus could actually play that role yeah definitely I think yeah. so I, 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 I was just going to say I made up you brought that point up David really because you know, as you said, late noughties, possibly even, you know, early Martinez years, who'd have thought the team spirit had become a problem with Everton Football Club? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that was always something that was so, you know, that was one of the first things that had come to mind whenever you thought of Everton yeah. Football Club, really. You know, the, the the spirit was the sort of thing that would drag us through and to be the thing that would pick, pick those hard results up for us. And, you know, it's just, it's just been like a sorry state of affairs over these last few years to see it kind of all deteriorate and as you say I think we need to put emphasis on trying to get leaders into the squad yeah. I mean, what is it you know we brought in Wayne Rooney Ashley Williams Davy Classen you know all, all captains Sigurdsson uh, the, all these people were captains at one point yeah. or another you know it just doesn't look like it's, it's happening Yeah, it is strange though it seems like there was an effort made to do that um mm. I don't know. It, it seems. I, I think I, I, the first thing I think of is soulless. It's like it's just kind of the shell of a football team, kind of you know moving it from game to game. I, I did think last game I, I felt I felt a twitch. You know, not not Arsenal, but when when Coleman was in, I felt like it was a totally different jolt and a totally different atm- yeah. atmosphere. You know, there was this energy there that wasn't there before. It was let's go out and actually take this, and they cared. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it's I think that's Seamus could be the guy. I hope he is. Um, I mentioned the Obama Yang offsides thing though because the universe was kind of screwing us anyway because we got a deflection goal as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Deflection goal and an offsides <laughs> goal both in the first half. It's kind of shitty when you're already kind of things are not clicking and. And bad luck happens as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's unfortunate. Some people, some teams have the mindset and they know their roles enough to where when things aren't clicking, a little bad luck doesn't bomb them. Mm-hmm. You know? We're not there. Hence, you know? The first goal, three people missed the cross. Three players failed to stop that cross. And one person did not, did not stay with the man coming through. Who's yeah. that's? I feel like that's knowing your roles, knowing what you're supposed to do. Somebody needs to be with that guy, and three people missing the cross. That's one of the things they practice specifically is trying to block crosses, especially for the wingbacks, for fullbacks. You know, 
But I think Mangala was maybe in the best position to stop that one. He ended yeah. up on the floor, didn't he? Yeah, missed it. I still don't think Mangala is a bad player. I think there's potential for him to do okay for us. No, but he's not. He, you know, why, why are you putting him in a back three? That was so when no one else already knows what they're doing either. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. Just yeah. Um. So there were those two points. We had some uh, we had some crap luck. Nias hit the post, uh, and and should have scored, should have scored. All right, that it wouldn't have. We a lot of this stuff it makes no difference. We still lost. We still would have lost. Mm-hmm. Whatever, but it happened. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I I'm gonna say I still think Nias is best off the bench. I think he, he I think he can come in and change games. I don't know. Um, I just. I don't know how he's become our number one striker when we just paid nearly thirty million for one. Surely he should be our number one for now and then. Just, just on that note as well, you know, I, I know, I know, Allardyce got that question thrown at him after the game, and he was saying, "Oh, his service has been good, but it just his end product hasn't been good enough." And I just, I, I want to make something clear, right? There's no substitute for game day, and playing on that football pitch. Will will bring the best out of players. You know, they might be. You know, okay. You know, we've seen this with Sandro and Clashing. You know, it's been said multiple times in the press conferences. Oh, they're not delivering and training, right? Okay, I understand that you're watching them and training, but when none of the other lads are delivering, just play them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's, there's a chance. It might be a small chance, but being on that pitch and having you know being able to have that responsibility of you know. Right, you are the number. You are the striker for us. You know we're not playing any other striker. You're the one that the chances are going to fall to, and you're going to have to take them. And uh, I think that's going to have to be the case now because if we, if we, like we've we've said before, you know, Nias for all his his impact and and his running, there's a lot of chances that he should be scoring that he doesn't. Yeah. You know, there's many times you see, you know, hit the post, puts it wide, when really there should be shots on targets or in the back of the net. Yeah, we said it on we said it on Friday. Nia scores the ones you don't expect him to score, and he misses the sitters. That's mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of players like that actually. Calvert Lewin yeah. tends to do that sometimes. You know, he didn't have time to think about that header. He just rose up and did it. You know, he yeah. has he has trouble finishing though when he's kind of mano a mano uh, on the breakaway. Um, yeah. But a question though, there are rumors about Tosun not performing in training in terms of either attitude or play, okay? If you're Sam, do you play him anyway, regardless, in, in hopes that that's going to get his attitude better? Or if you're trying to send a message to the squad, do you do what Sam's doing? Because uh, we don't know because we're not there. We're, we don't know what training's like. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that, that's always been, you know, that, that was my that was my defence, if you like, for not playing Klassen and for not playing Sandro, is yes, okay, they're not playing, but the manager sees them every day in training and if they're not performing, they're not performing, okay, granted, but when the when the lads that are being selected aren't even turning up, and I mean yeah. to to the levels of getting beat 5-1 by Arsenal embarrassed, what what's the harm in, in playing your new £30 million striker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was expecting him to go in earlier. You know? Yeah. Well, the problem is now it's Tosin. He hasn't scored a goal. He's been here four weeks. I know he hasn't played that much, but now, the, now there's more pressure on him to, to yep. kind of perform. We get a goal. So, yeah, he needs to play. 
Yeah, and, and what's funny is Sam says the thing he's not doing well enough is what I think was one of the things I expected him to do best, which is hold-up play. I was expecting yeah. him to come in and just come. That was what we needed because we didn't have anyone who could really do it very well. Uh, mm. Although, to Nias's credit, he's doing it better than he used to now. He He's not as bad as he used to be. But yeah. we need to have that big body up front to be able to give our midfield time or what, what we had as a midfield, anyone, time to kind of make it make it make make their way up the pitch. And we didn't have that on Saturday. Um, nope. So, anyway, guys, hey. Anything else? I mean, this is this was a tough one because I'm conflicted. I'm, I've been agitated at the at the at the result, and I hate seeing you know players sitting there like slack assing around the field. But I don't think all of them did that. And I, you know, uh, yeah. And I thought Sam made some awful decisions. I, I, but I, I got to be honest. I I think we're gonna win the next game. I think he's going to go back to the old system, and he's going to play the players that should be playing. And I think we're going to win. Yeah, I mean the the, Le- the Leicester game for me that really should have been the catalyst to to give them all a kick up the arse and say, you know what, take it to everyone else that we play this season. But of course, like you said, there's this expected loss mentality that seems to be within the club, which I think's a disgrace. Really, you know, you shouldn't have that mentality no matter what team you are. Sam is but- so cynical. He's so exactly. cynical. He's so worried about just playing the percentages and the stats that that's what he's doing. And he's even it's even down to who he's playing. Who costs more? I'll play you. Mm. Unless so you rarely. score. If you score a goal, then I'll plug you in. Neos. He's already looked at the fixtures and marked what games he's going to win and lose. Totally. Yeah. I completely think so. And yeah. that's not the mentality that should be in charge of Everton Football Club. Mm-hmm. It's not really well, the motto. The club's too big for them. You know, we might not be performing now, but the club is too big for him. That's why no one accepts him. He might have got away with that elsewhere, but, you know, not here. Uh, new motto from Sam for, for Everton Football Club. Nothing but the best against the lower half is good enough. <laughs> All right? Yeah. That's because that's what he's going to bring. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So, that is the end of our Arsenal reaction. Carnage happened. People died. It is what it is. After a rather exhausting Arsenal reaction segment, where if all of us smoked, we would have gone outside for cigarettes. Um, but I don't, instead. I, uh, yeah, I keep my pain in here, and I put it in a little ball to where it eats ulcers in my belly. That's how it works. Um, so, guys, uh, this section is dedicated to uh, to the people we blame. All right? We've had a season. It's a shitty season. It's a season of shit. And, and, and so uh, we need to who, – who's responsible? Who are we pointing the finger at here? All right? Um, so maybe we, should, maybe we should do it on ourselves. This is our first year and we've been absolutely shit. Maybe we need to knock the podcast on the head. <laughs> Blame the coffee blues. Yeah, it's our fault. You know what? We weren't doing this during Martinez years, David. You know what I mean? No. It was it was crap before. So I'm going to go down the list of players that I've or players and people that have been I've heard blamed on social media uh, and on different forums out there. Okay. So let's begin with uh, someone 
who a video was circulating recently on Twitter of him uh, kind of slowly jogging back and trying and, and kind of thinking, oh, I'm going to stop that shot. No. He's lucky he didn't go on goal because it would have made everybody livid, but everybody's still pissed. Morgan Schneiderlin, how has this guy changed from last season? What the hell happened, Morgs? Uh, yeah. How much? How much do we blame Morgan Schneiderlin? Because a lot of people are immediately blaming him for uh, for a lot. Mm, I feel when whenever we're overrunning the midfield, there's usually aspects of his performance that that you can question. When it, you know, particularly you know the the, the last game was a key example of being overrunning the midfield, and mm. like 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 you said, and like the clip shows, there are just clear examples of him. Not covering the ground that he should, or being positionally off. I've, you know, I've been his biggest defender recently, really, because I'm a big fan of his. But I still feel like the role that he's being asking to fulfil, there's something about it now that just isn't the same as what it was last season. Mm. You know, the role that he's being asked to to perform. So, yeah, when when we're being overrun in the midfield, I think you can question him, but he's not the only one. David, um, I was putting my coat on in case because we were talking about scapegoats, and I thought, you know, if you start blaming me for all this, I'm getting off. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think Snardlands is fully deserved, actually. Um, I'm a bit like what Max was saying there. So, I, I always find myself kind of, I think we all do it actually, sympathizing with someone who's maybe the underdog or who's getting all the sticky, kind of mm-hmm. trying to have the back a little bit. Well, I think there's two kinds of people. There's people who do that, and then there's the people who jump on the bandwagon. I think I'm I'm someone who likes to try and support them. I think you two would probably come under the same bracket. But um, I have to say, my patience has run out with Snyderland because I've seen firsthand the type of performances he's putting in. I think he's completely down tools. I think he's, he is going through the motions. I'm surprised he keeps getting started. And... I'm actually sickened that we turned down twenty million in this summer's uh, in this January transfer window for them. I mean, I thought that would have been an absolutely fantastic out of this situation. You know, we can go and play football football somewhere else. We can get nearly all our money back on them. Um, it hasn't worked out, but I think his um, his stick is warranted. Um, see, I've heard a lot of stories about the twenty million, David. Uh, you read. I, I still don't know what's actually true. Uh, I heard that we wanted to sell him for close to that amount, but West Ham wanted just a loan, mm-hmm. and and that's why we said no to that. And they never offered anything else. And mm-hmm. I think that's why it got leaked that we said, "Oh, he's a quality player," and we said no. You know what I mean? It was very much mm-hmm. like the the um, McCarthy thing, and he's part of our family. You know what I mean? Like kind of saving face kind of thing. Uh, So I don't know what's actually true about that. Um, The the idea of possibly turning down Brozovic for him, a straight swap, if that was true. Um, We talked about that last week. Um, Last last year I would have said no because I thought Schneider was a solid player. This season I think it's an offer you at least have to listen to, but I'd have to watch Brozovic more to see if his style fits ours, if it's a little bit more bombing forward. Because Schneiderlin doesn't do that. He rarely passes forward ever now. So, yeah. um, I, just before we move on, I, I do feel like there's still a play in Schneiderlin, and 
I think if you kept him and the and the team turned the form rounds, I think he he'd go back to being the player he was. But we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, both in the same breath, you will always you, you'll never forget these last few months, will you? And you'll always know he potentially has this attitude issue and he can go missing when it's not going his way. So yeah. I think there's still a player there, but it's certainly there'll be a few cautions going forward with, it, with him. Yeah, David, last time we were talking about how when things are going well, he seems to thrive. Mm, and then yeah. when the chips are down, I mean, just imagine you have a friend like that, you know, things are going great in your life and they're around you. They're high fiving. They want to hang out all the time. Then you get broken up with by your, by your lady friend. You lose your job. Where's that friend of yours right now? Oh, things are busy at work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair weather stuff. I, it's, it, it's the kind of thing you don't really want on a team. Yeah, are we still talking about Schneiderlin or have we got some deep underlying issues that he's going to about about They're very deep underlying. Okay, very deep. Buried down. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. like, on a scale, that's like the likes of Mesut Ozil and all them, you know, fantastic plays, but when the goal gets tough, you, you don't really see much of them. But then when when it's going well again, they just seem to tear uh, play, uh, teams apart. Yeah, I guess it, we just have to make a decision. Uh, can we find a player with the same class and, and a better attitude, you know, that we actually want? Or do we take a player that maybe is not as class with a better attitude that maybe won't be whispering to Ashley Williams as he's walking off the field like this? Yeah, well, the good, yeah, the good thing is Schneidlin, although he is a good player on his day, he's not an enigma. He's not like, oh, he, unbelievable, like one of a kind. There's many more who will be as good as him out there and hopefully with a better attitude. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Cuco Martina. Mm. All right. A right back playing left back from Curacao. Um, pretty much I think we all believe that Kuman brought him in on a free and it was Kuman's choice to bring him in on a free as cover for Sheamus. Um, at the beginning of the season, we were like, wow. He goes forward, but he doesn't defend. That's what was happening at the beginning of the season. We're like, wow, he's not bad going forward, but he's shit at defending. And then as the season progresses, he cannot go forward at all, and all he can do is defend, and that's what he's praised for by the by managers. All right? Weird situation, Kuko. Um, but you and Kuko, uh, you go ahead. You talk about it, Max. I'll finish it up at the end. And- I, think, I think it's a classic example of a player – at a level that's just too much for him, really. I feel like if you put him in a championship side, I think he'd be a solid... And if you play them in the right fucking position for a start, that you know, if you, if you play them at right back for a championship side, then I, I think he'd be, you know, probably be the player that Koeman was after. But, um, yeah, it, 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 again, it goes back to David saying, maybe in the more sympathetic type, but... No, the lad's playing out of position and he's playing in a team where no one else seems to shoulder any form of responsibility. <clears throat> so, you know, um, we have seen, you know, there's a few crunching tackles that he has put in mm-hmm. that makes you go bloody hell, who else has done that? So, yes, I can, I, I can understand to an extent because my biggest issue, I think the, the worst game he has was Tottenham away where he was just giving Aurier down that side just acres of space yep. um, 
But and going forward as well, the way when when someone plays a ball that he should hit first time into the box, he always feels the need to drag it onto his right foot, and you feel like you've just killed all the momentum in the attack there, yep. and it's probably not going to get us anywhere now. Then my two main issues with him, you know, he kills momentum going forward, and he leaves acres of space going in terms of the fence. But I don't know what else you expect from a player who's playing off the position. Um, annoyingly. Literally, almost word for word, Max just described what I think of Martina. Um, you know, I do think he, in his position, he can be a solid player. You know, but maybe in the championship, uh, I think Martina is one of these players that, you know, the game seems to evolve past the type of play they are. So I feel like he would be a great, you know, left back, right back, but he 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 isn't good enough to be a wing back, which is the kind of play that we use now at, at the elite level, you know, you don't get the flat four four two anymore, you know, the formations are such variations of different things, so you, when you're in those positions, you need to be able to attack to a decent level and defend at a decent level, I don't think he, he's good enough to do that, and, and I mean, he's definitely not the worst player you've ever seen in a blue shirt, like you'll hear some people say, I mean, I've heard that about numerous players over the years, so I'm not buying that for one second, and the only game I remember him being horrendous was that Tottenham game. But yeah, except for that, I think um, I, I totally agree. I just think it with our le- we're, we're higher up level than what he should be playing at week in week out. Yeah, what what's interesting? I thought when we were getting him, we were getting a, a an athletic player, a player mm. with some explosiveness, and he doesn't have that. You know, mm. he can't even if he was playing right back to be able to explode up the side the way you see. Coleman, uh, the way you see, I mean, all the all the great backs, all the great wing backs, the ones who they they have that equal push forward to either slice in to try to get goals or just to to make its way down there and cross something, you know, put the, something the, right around the the spot. Uh, but he's got effort. He tries, and I think mm. he can defend in terms of just trying to keep someone in front of him. Mm. You know, and be able to pick their pocket. I mean, he created that first goal against Leicester by uh, yeah. by ripping Chilwell um, mm. on the right Pretty side. <laughs> Do what? Yeah, it just through his closing down, wasn't yeah. it? And then that just goes back to you know he, his efforts there. It's just you know when he when he comes up against as, as David said, this kind of next level of elite winger. He just with with all the you know the the. the Short, intricate passing, and the you know the footovers, and being able to move the ball really quick. He just he doesn't seem like he can cope with that. And yeah. again, it just goes full circle to the point that he's just it's too much of a, a leap for him. Really, I agree. I mean, I, I think if we if we had him filling in for Coleman once uh, every like you know eight games, that's not bad. You know, if it was mm. in cups, it would be okay. But I don't know that we we're not going to need him in a little while because we're going to have Kenny to do that and Coleman will be healthy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so something that I just want to raise there so is kind of a question about once I saw that it was Martina and Kenny in the same lineup against Arsenal. I, I something that kind of came into my mind. Do you feel like we'd be in the same situation where we're slagging them off every weekend or saying, "Oh, we need a left back, we need a left back"? If we would have played John Joe Kenny at left back instead. Uh. I I I I actually do think you have a point there. I remember, think I think I had a conversation with this with a mate at the time, 
you know, Kenny was the more versatile player. Kenny used to play in midfield for the mm. under-23s. He's, he's literally played everywhere. Um, I think he would have been better suited there, to be honest, but I don't know. My, my only guess with the manager's thinking was he's younger, he has less experience in the league, and mm. by saying that, he, has, he had hardly any experience in the league. Cuckoo mm. had played before, put Cuckoo in a position where he's having to uh, maybe he's played left back at a different at, at the, closer to that level but that's yeah. uh, that's it i personally uh yeah i actually think i would have liked to have seen kenny there you know i will agree with you didn't think about it though that's interesting how we yeah, have not no, discussed this until now it, it, you know <laughs> it feels it feels like you know we've just we've pushed the boat out too far to kind of to change it really you know cuz yeah and yeah. and Again, it's just like another another Evertonian season where you're just full of regret. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Ashley Williams. Early on the season, we saw a lot of mistakes from him, just really boneheaded mistakes leading to goals, pissed everybody off. Um, then, he, then he got in a scuffle against Lyon. Uh, yeah. So uh, what, are, what are we thinking about Ashley Williams? David, you want to lead this one? Um, I think at the start of the year, yeah, I, I thought he was very poor, actually, and he looked finished. Um, I think uh, recent months when he has played, because bear in mind, he has been in and out of the team, but in recent months, he was, he was probably one half of our best, uh, you know, defensive partnership with, with Holgate. And, you know, we seem to chop and change again, and then it, it's it's obviously had a, an effect on him. Um but I just don't think he's he's doing any worse than anyone else at the moment. For me personally, I, he wouldn't be in the top three or four players. I'd be picking out for criticism. Yeah, he hasn't played great and he has been suspect, but so so the all you know yeah. this chop and change and that we keep going on about is just doing nobody favors and he's one that's you know suffered because of it. Mm. Max, I'd probably I'd echo that really. You know the 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 the, the amount of changes we made at at centre-back and just the different selections that we're making are obviously is bizarre and it doesn't do anyone any favours in gaining any consistency, um, which we did look like we had at some point with Holgate and Williams, but obviously the manager just doesn't fancy just sticking with that. But I think uh, where the criticism going to come in for me is the point that we made earlier about leadership, where, you know, a time, you know, like a Arsenal, he's been the one with the captain's armband and, you know, uh, and at some point he was arguing with Mangala over whether to play a high line or not. I was like, mm. come on, you know, if, you, you know, if you're going to be given the honour of captain in Everton Football Club, you need to be able to be the, the middle ground that can, that can pull people out of the, the slumps and mm. motivate people, which doesn't yeah. look like he's doing, although it did look like he could, he looked, more than capable of doing that when he was at Swansea and, and for Wales as well. Mm. But it, it so that is where my that's where my criticism had really come in. Yeah. Um I'm worried about about attitude for him. There are rumors that he requested a loan away from Everton during the window and that we said no. Um or his agent did for him and that we said no. Um, same thing with Schneiderlin. Uh, 
and they happen to be two of the ones that are talking and whispering after the game like this. Uh, I don't know, guys. Uh, I do think he's serviceable. Just don't play him every game. He reminds me of, uh, of Jags. Uh, just don't play him every game. He's getting older. He can do a job. And that's why I think uh, Sam keeps rotating our center backs. Is we've got two that are older. Um, and maybe if they were younger, he could actually start getting some consistency going. Um, but I don't think he's the, I don't think he's the worst one on the field. I think he can do a job. But again, if his attitude is shit, and you notice it, you know which what I mean. Should, which it shouldn't be as a senior player. Definitely not. No, yeah, I'm not talking about the kid, are we? Nope. He should know better. It's strange. He he. It must be that he just doesn't get along with either Sam or other people in leadership or other players. So it goes back to this thing when we're just. While we're touching on leadership, what we said before is there's no squad there. There's the so, you know, there's not one one person who kind of everyone looks together. They all have their own little groups, own little clans, and there's no kind of middle ground. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're seeing these previous leaders not being able to be leaders in that dressing room because it is so mm-hmm. so clicky in there. Um, and and I, I don't even believe this is kind of a theory anymore. I think if you really watch Everton on the pitch and the way they talk in interviews, you, you, it's it's obvious to see that there's not a team spirit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that would go a long way to explaining why none of these characters can lead it. Uh, interesting that we're having a problem with leadership when, when Jags doesn't play very often anymore. It's almost like we need a rock that plays week in, week mm-hmm. out, and is almost always there that we can depend on to be our captain, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping yeah. will be Seamus when he's back. For real. I don't know, though. They may not consider him senior enough. But, I mean, you saw the effect that he had. How do you not give him the armband? How does that not happen? But what do I know? Um, Next, Michael Keane. All right. Confidence sapped. Uh, People say rumors that he went to Big Sam's office and said he's low on confidence. Uh, I don't know when, but. I saw several people on Twitter saying that. Um, and he, had a, he had a solid game against Leicester. And then yesterday, a lot of people say, and he, he uh, again, shell-shocked is the word that I kept hearing from the American pundits. Um, so, Well, actually, no, hold on. The pundits on American television, because hardly any of them are actually American. Uh, <laughs> Because that's the way it works. Uh, mm. But uh, so Keane's somebody I still think is a quality player, but he's had some bad games, guys. Um, what do we think about him? I don't know because, as, as, as you say, he he really should be one of those players that should be, if he's up with Jackie Elker or Ashley Williams, they should be learning off. Or, but you could also make the case that if it was Michael Keane and Mason Holgate, Michael Keane should really be the senior figure for Mason Holgate. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's a peculiar one because he, how old is he? 24, 25? I don't know, actually. So that's kind of, it, it, it's a strange one because at the same time, for a centre-half in particular, an England international, you expect leadership to be a natural quality that comes out of a, of a centre-half and... As you, as, you, as you say, Jerry, you know, he, he has had performances where he's looked shell-shocked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, my, my my take on this is, 
to get consistency out of if, if you're going to shore up the defence, I think particularly for Everton now, um, it particularly again is Sam's thinking the season's a write-off already. Play Keane and Holgate together because they are going to be the partnership going forward that will be here in a year, two year, three year. So, in, ter- in terms of this season, yeah, he hasn't played the best, and obviously, uh, I think that comes from just playing in a team that's low on confidence in general. But I feel like Keane needs to. I don't want to say he needs the man up because I still feel like you know he he has got potential to be a fantastic player. I think, he, and I've heard people say you know potential captain as as well. So you know we've got the potential to have a real good defensive unit there, Pickford in goal and two English centre halves. I think they just need to try and buzz off that and and try and become solid. Don't rate him. Don't like him. Mm-hmm. David, um, David, if we could ask you to try to be a little more honest on our program, yeah. I, you know, I, I think it, I, okay, I'm going to make excuses for him because I've made them through other plays who've just come in. I think he's come into an, an unbalanced team and chopping and changes, managers come and go, and he's had the odd niggly injuries that stop him getting a run in the sides. But I just expected more. I expect more. You know, when I talk about a 19-year-old, he's, he's 24, 25, I can't remember what he is. And I, I just thought he'd come in and we'd be building a defence around him. And right now, I don't trust him. He, he seems to have the occasional OK game, but he has a lot of bad games. Yeah, I couldn't tell you his best qualities. He looks slow. He always looks a yard behind. His tackling doesn't look that great. He doesn't look that great in the air. You know, he's had a few chances... At the other end as well, where he's put them over the bar when he's been decent chances from, from the headers. And I just don't like him. I'm not impressed by him. I'm not writing him off at all. I'd love to have my eye wipes be in 12 months' time. And he's like a John Stones type character for us. But at the moment, I'm not a fan. I think if a player is low in confidence, the one thing you don't do is play him in a different system that he's not used to against a team that is dominant. Mm, Why would you do that? That is such a poor man management decision. That I do not understand why he did that. He's clearly low on confidence, and he, but, it, but he had a high this past week. He played well against Leicester. He he did not. He played. He had one part where I was actually upset with him. Didn't mention this, but I think it was uh, Ndidi who jumped up over him to get that header that hit the bar. All right. Michael Keane should be winning that header every time. Michael Keane is huge. There's no reason why Michael Keane would lose that header. But, yeah, he got jumped over, all right, which is a problem. But uh, for the most part, though, he, he, did, he, did, he, he helped shut them down, all right? He did all right. Um, why, why on a high? When you got him on a high, throw him into a crap situation. That's just further reason not to use that formation Anyway, yeah, I I think he's better than he shows. When he came when he came to us, he got man of the match a couple of times early in the season, really early. So I, I, I was erring on the side of the caution there because I don't want to write him. I don't want to say that I don't like him because I do see this, you know, this England international. You know, I've seen her at Burnley, and you know, I watched them at Burnley. And I'm thinking, you know, you've got a almost old fashioned centre half there that mm-hmm. has got a decent range of passing on him. You know, how, how often do you see him, you know, sometimes he'll take it down the line, he'll look up and he'll try and play play it onto a runner over the top, which, you know, it was is kind of a trademark of, a, of an old-fashioned centre-half. But, 
it's again it just kind of comes back to this there's so many players that have been brought into this team that just aren't the same style of player and they just don't seem to be able to gel as a, as a unit. You mentioned Burnley. Burnley have an identity and they mm. are the very vision of stability. Mm. You know what I mean? They run a similar system almost every game and they do it every year. You know, so it's a perfect place for a young player to thrive and gradually get confidence. You know, right now, this is, Everton is a shit place to have that happen. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not It's not a good place for somebody whose confidence is shaken. I don't know. I, I'm trying to... Yeah. We'll go into our bright spots who, who this actually might be a good place for right now. But, yeah, that, that's going to be a tough segment. Um, so, yeah, positives and negatives with Keane. I don't think any of us have flat out pointed at Keane and said, it's your fault this season, though. You know what I mean? I do think we expected to have a rock, the way David said. All of us did. Um, mm-hmm. A stronger mind, you know. Um, but we're all fragile sometimes. It happens. Um, I heard a lot of people blaming Mangala for the majority of their goals. So, Iliaquim Mangala. Uh, they, that was one game. He played one game after one training session. Are we really and in a system that we had never played, so nobody else knew what they were doing? Are we really going to give this guy some shit? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Evertonians, though, isn't it? You know, God, we, we do, we do, we, we, we love, we do, we do love a scapegoat, and you know, we love, we love to to load someone with all the responsibility. But yeah, you know, you've, you've literally got to break it down like that. The lad has one training session, and then all of a sudden we're playing a system that we're not familiar with. And to be honest, there's not really any system that we're familiar with. You know, we showed hints of a system that we could build on against mm-hmm. Leicester, but mm-hmm. just didn't. Yeah. And yeah, to to to, to blame solely blame him. I mean, I I even saw I seen someone tweet that was the worst centre back debut since Jonathan Woodgate for Real Madrid. I thought, fucking hell, it wasn't. It, he wasn't that solely responsible for yeah. that. I agree. Watch, you yeah. know. So do I. Yeah, I've got nothing to add. I don't think it's fair to even talk about him. I don't think he deserves any of it. So, yeah, like, and I, by the way, I'm not. I don't think he's that good of a player. If I'm being totally honest, but I just don't think beggars can be choosers at the moment. So, but yeah, they, I, once again, he's not another one. I was kind of accusing for Saturday. Yeah, he's a. He actually was better going forward than uh, than a lot of other people. He was sitting there making runs forward. I'm like, what position are you, man? Like, I know he played striker for a little while earlier in his career, but he actually was weaving in and out. Uh, yeah, uh, it's he. I, I think he's actually a good signing for Sam if he plays systems where he's supposed to play. You know what I mean? Like, just a bad time to put him in, in a bad way. Next, um, a really obvious one, uh, Sam Allardyce. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and chip my two cents in and say that his cynical, overly pragmatic approach in which he's trying to make sure that we're safe before anything else instead of actually believing in his players and trying to go out and, and take the season by the throat, I, I think it's a really negative way to approach a season. Um, I, 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 think he, I don't think he's a dumb guy. I don't think he's stupid. I think he knows a lot. But I don't like the mentality of way he, he's overly pragmatic. He's too practical. 
Yeah. All right. I, yeah. I agree. I, was, I, was, I just want to. I want to go back to a point that I made. You know, a few weeks ago, when particularly when he came out, you know, with the with the statistics and the X amount of goals means this, X mm. amount of clean sheets mean this. But what my point was was that was yeah. It's all. It's all. It's all well and good that taking that approach when it saves you from relegation. But when you've got other propositions that you can achieve, yeah, that that becomes a limitation rather than a guideline mm-hmm. if, that, if that makes sense you know it, it limits you uh, in what you can achieve and the fact that he hasn't abandoned that outlook has become a, a big problem for Everton and it's what I thought would happen when he was appointed and it, it, it's happening now yeah when when you actually look at it, Everton have never really been that much in what you call a reg- relegation battle you know we've been within six seven points and we've been like Oh, this is embarrassing! Blah blah blah. To him, he will avoid relegation and say, "I told, I've done my job. You know, this is what I do. I come here, and I, I, I'm a success." And he'll see, he'll consider it as a successful season, but we won't. Yeah. You know that that and that 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 is point blank. It's, it's as simple as that. That's going off your point there, Max. I think you're right. I think he'll just be happy to trot along until. He until we confirm mathematically we're not getting relegated, and he'll kind of you know rub his hands. Yeah, I've done my bit, like I said, I would. You know what's what's next? What are we do next year? And he, he, the club's too big for him. And yeah, I think with nobody scapegoating him because people actually got him on side. He got the fans on side for a couple of games near the start when we were picking up victories, and you know everyone was giving him support, and he's just he's just absolutely burnt that within. Yeah. Been a few games, and now it's just woeful. Yeah, uh, I think the thing that bugs me the most is the fact that he thinks he knows everything. There's nothing mm. to learn. So if a negative thing happens, he doesn't learn from it. He's so arrogant from his many, many, mm. many, many years in football. He doesn't think there's anything else for him to learn. He thinks, look, I have the answers. Everybody else just do what I say. Yeah, and that's just that's arrogance. Mm. He absolves himself from any responsibility, which. I, not just in football, in life, no one can do that. People, right. you know, you need to take responsibility for everything that you do. And if you, if you get to a point where you're finding yourself being like, oh, you know, it happens, and you know, we'll just we'll see what happens. That's wrong. You shouldn't mm. you shouldn't have that approach. Mm. And yeah. It's become an obstacle for us now. All right, uh, Steve Walsh. Do we blame Steve Walsh for this season? Because he's a popular scapegoat, all right? Well, it's funny, you know, for so long I never, because we've talked about him many a time on here, and it was always the benefit of the doubt. But after another window there, just where's where's his scouting knowledge coming to anything? You know, he's he's bought Walcott, which is a good sign, and I'm not taking that away from him, but could the three of us not have made that sign? And, you know, Mm. 20 million to Arsenal for a proven Premier League goalscorer, English. Play for that Arsenal for X amounts of years. You know, there's there's no tactical scouts kind of knowledge behind any of his decisions. He just throws a lot of money at plays that we could probably find ourselves, and a lot of them are backfired on him. I I agree, I agree completely. There's, um, there's not many signings that he's made. The kind of with the exception of Adrissa Gay, I'd say that make you kind of go oh, you know, credit credit to him. Really, you know, there just seems to be a lot of a lot of signings where you've gone, 
Right, you can you can see where they're making waves. You know, like Sandro, you could see him making waves in that. I think it was the the Euro, the Euros, mm-hmm. the under twenty three Euros. You know, you could see him making waves there. It wouldn't surprise me if someone else would have ended up picking him up, other than if yeah. we did. You know, Jordan Pickford is a, is another one. Yeah, mm-hmm. captain, of, captain of Ajax, Swansea's best player. You know, one of the biggest teams in in Turkey's main striker. Yeah, you know the. Just on Sandro, and here's one thing I didn't see until recently. I don't know if you guys seen the tweet that I done. I just want to give the guy a shout out. Paul Riley, his name is. Have you seen him? He does a lot of stats. I think I saw the article. I feel like I saw you retweeted something, and I think I read it. Yeah, it was a fantastic article that was done in the summer when we signed Sandro. As I said, I didn't see it first time round, but. He basically looked at the data behind his expected goal, you no, know, the expected goal met- metrics, and was like, you know, Sandro isn't going to be the guy that we think we're buying. I'll, I'll, I'll send you that later if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, you know, this guy's really good at what he does, but he's not, an, he's not elite, getting paid a lot of money at a professional football club, as far as I know, anyway. And he spotted this straight away. Whereas we've got these. You know, these high-level scouts who are taking a lot of money from the club have not kind of delved that little bit deep. It, it's kind of the mentality that you'd see from maybe an average Joe like ourselves going, oh, well, he scored X amount of goals last year. He's going to be fantastic. But if you just scratch under the surface a little bit, you know, the warning signs were there that maybe Sandro wasn't going to be player that that um, that we were expecting. And, you know, that, that, that article's aged really well because he struggles. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is something I would think that Walsh would be good at. You know, typically what he does is he's looking at stats. He's looking at things like that. And, and it's very, he brings players in to play roles. Very specific, you're going to play this role, you're going to play this. That's the way I've always understood the way his brain exactly. works. It's bizarre, though, because that seems to be the thing that we lack. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're on that pitch, they don't seem to have a distinctive role, and... That's that's where the the you know the absurdity comes into it is that the players that he's brought in, the 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 role that they seem to occupy within the starting eleven, like players you know players aren't even getting in the starting yeah. eleven. So yeah, and and I feel like that's going to happen sometimes with new signings, but this is with a lot of their new of, of our new yeah, signings. Not, not to this ex- not to this extent. Yeah, this is. I'm I'm very worried that Everton Football Club are turning into the example of what not to do when you when your club gets investment. No, what my thoughts on me? Question: You mentioned City having a similar thing happen. Yeah, that, that's something I'm I'm looking at going into really because as as time progresses and the, you know the state that Everton are in becomes clearer and clearer, I just feel like it'd be it'd be worthwhile kind of comparing the mm. two the two. Similarities in terms of the investment and what the owners have done in in terms of spending that money. Granted, City got this investment before financial fair play was a thing, but yeah, that's definitely something that I'm going to look into doing in the future. I also think we should look into when a team who normally doesn't have a lot of money gets a huge payday with one of their main players being sold. What it's like to bring that many new players into the fold and how many of them succeed immediately and how many of them flounder. Yeah. It's like that's, Tottenham with Bale, isn't That's it? exactly that's what the, I'm talking about. Exactly. The go-to one that everyone talks about. Yep. But we didn't think that would be the case, and maybe it is. Maybe we, we have had too many you know. so soon. 
I just think I just look at like, oh, there's a similar trend. Let's investigate. I never point to it as the obvious evidence. Yeah. So, um, last one, guys. Cumin. I think a lot of people point the finger at Cumin for this season because he started us off in such a shit way. All right, and when and we had to get rid of him, and by the time we got rid of him. The majority of the, the people that we wanted to bring in as manager, not available. And almost we got in that position where it felt like we, or the board or somebody, Mushiri, felt like they had to bring in somebody like Allardyce. So did he paint us into this corner? To an extent, I, I feel like Koeman was the cause of the soul leaving the club because I've heard from, from numerous people, you know, Koeman was a very cold character in terms of, you know, when he was on the training ground, he was wasn't the most approachable of people and he, there was a big wedge between him and Steve Walsh that's why in the end I did end up giving Steve Walsh the benefit of the doubt because yeah. I thought hang on a minute maybe that's just down to differences in the relationship between him and Cooman. so yeah definitely Cooman does deserve a percentage of the blame because he kind of kick-started this downward spiral but we've just had no characters that have come in to be this catalyst and it's what we desperately need David I don't, I don't know where I stand with Koeman. I suppose to an extent, yeah, but I just feel like Evans' issues are so much um, so much deeper now than what I think we thought they were at the time of Koeman going that I just, I've got a different view on it all now. Um, I think maybe Koeman did play his part, but for example, we expected a new manager would come in and the team would kind of turn around when, when we changed formation. We had a new, you know, a, a more likeable guy in there, Unsworth, come in. He's probably the most likeable guy you'll get in terms of football management. And the teams were still getting trounced by absolute shite and um, putting in terrible performances. So this is the point I was trying to make where I feel like the team's got off very lightly this year. Um, so I don't know. Cumin definitely... It definitely had some fault, but I think there's a lot more issues. I, I, here's something that I didn't think about until just now. You were talking. What if it's none of those? What if it's not a specific person? What if it's the, what if it's the fact that, alluding to what Max was bringing up earlier and going into what you're saying, that it's inexperience having money and being in this position, and it's just the kind of thing that's going to happen when you change over from being somebody punching above your weight to being somebody who's forking out the checks. Mm, if maybe it's just yeah. flat out inexperience and that's why we're here. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that, 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 that definitely is a probability a possibility even, but I don't know. I mean, I know Mishiri cause I, in, in that sense, going back to the AGM, everything seemed to be going in the right direction. You know, like all these, all these, you know, the finances improved dramatically. In you know, the something that something that I picked up on really from the AGM was the fact that because we don't get some, we don't get much in terms of um, ticketing in that sense of revenue, that league positioning becomes more vital. And again, like David's saying, that automatically by coming up by the board, literally coming out and saying there is a greater importance now on where we finish it, finish in that league type in, in that league table, that lumps a big chunk of responsibility onto the players mm-hmm. in that sense. So, again, that goes down to the coaching staff and the recruitment to bring in the right style of players to fit a system that will achieve a decent enough position to be sustainable. And 
And also the and also the board to actually make sure it actually happens. Because yeah, they can identify uh, players all day long, but if the board doesn't make it happen, you know what I mean. That doesn't really seem like the case because you know it. It see you know who I think it was Bill Bill Kenwright come out recently and said you know there's, there's never been a case where Farhad Mashiri said no. In terms of yeah, I don't know about. I think he might be kissing his ass a little. <laughs> no, I'm not. A- <laughs> <laughs> You know, I know it, 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 I'm just trying to trying to make the point that you know it it, it is a difficult as you you know the reason why we're talking about it. It's hard to pinpoint the reason yeah. as to what's been the cause of this. And I have seen something um, on Twitter. Forgive me because I can't remember who tweeted it. It was just like a little um, a screenshot of, of quotes. I think the first one was Cumin, and he outlined a three year plan. Yeah, and I remember that for the thing. The third year should be challenging Champions yeah. League, etc. And I think that this is the second slash third year, and yeah, God, yeah. I'll, I'll just I'm round this up on a positive because I feel like we need one. I still believe Everton are crawling in the right direction. I know that sounds crazy. No, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I think this will be a blip in a much more longer, oh, what's the word and look for, a long-term plan. I still think they're going in the right direction. I think it's said a lot securing the likes of Walcott. You know, I think it'll be a good play for years to come. And I think we are going there. Just, I, I think I've said this before, straight line, just zigzagging our way, but I think we will get there. Yeah, I just been a, yeah. It's something that I've said. You know, we we were talking the other day, weren't we? And I just said I hope this is the blip in in just something that happens when you first get investment. You know, mm-hmm. I hope it's a short term blip in a, in a long term plan that results in us being successful and challenging for top six, top four league titles. You know, which the name should Everton Football Club should. Yeah, if yeah. it if it doesn't continue, that means someone at a high level. Or if it does continue, the 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 negative, the losing, the not having the right people, that means someone at a high level is not learning. Someone is not mm-hmm. learning lessons and, and seeing, okay, well, I screwed up here. This is what I'll do differently this time. You have to well, learn it, it, from that process. In that sense, it it should it should hurt your pride. If, you, if you're the higher up, say, for yep. example, if you're for having a and, uh, and your investment is failing on the pitch, it should hurt your pride, and it should hurt enough for you to yeah. to look at it and reassess the whole structure. Mm-hmm. For example, director of football, I feel like that is a very useful role to have, but that needs to be so correct. Yeah. The, the man in the role needs to be the right man for the job completely, and as it, as it, as as time passes by it becomes more obvious particularly after that january window you know we still haven't got a left back yeah and and Chosen hasn't really hit the ground running which we all wanted them to do you know the, these errors are becoming more obvious i think we need a, a director of football who has experience being a director of football who can slot in and walk in you know that's the thing walsh is learning as he goes and we don't we didn't really have time for that you know, I think he's a great scout. I think he, there's a, a role for him. I think he can be great with our w- w- here at Everton. But there, there's, he's learning on the fly, and there's a learning curve. And I, I just think we don't have time for it. That, We've that lost a season. 
that needs to be addressed before appointing the director of football becomes a problem. You know how many? I'm, I'm, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if people if we approach people and they turn the job mm-hmm. down due to the state that we're in. Yep, so I believe it. It needs to be addressed. All right, so we need to wrap this up. This has been absurdly long. Here's a non-football segment, you know, because people mentioned uh, they like it when we switch it up, when we switch gears a little bit. So we we are responding. Yes, we are listening. Um, so we have decided we're going to talk about our favorite comedy films. I feel I feel like it's a category anyone can contribute to this in terms of walk up to a person on the street. Everybody's got a funny movie they like. All right. So maybe people out there will hear something you recognize or you'll get some new recommendations to check out. Yeah. Right. And then later you can talk crap to us and say, that wasn't funny. That sucked. Or you can say, or you can say, oh, that changed my life. So who wants to start? I think Jerry should start, you know, all, all, all the work that he does for us. So, you know, I feel like he, he's due a start on, on his favorite comedy film. Like, you know, so. All right. So. Not just that. Knock it out the park. Jerry's like next level as well. I feel like he, you oh. know, I feel like this is forte on top of on top of soccer. Soccer Tra- transcends the game. Does Jerry? Uh, yeah. Well, I will say. No yeah, I know. Pressure, pressure is firmly been applied. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, so um, I'll start. I'll say one. That's what I can do. I can say one, and then we'll go to you guys. All right. And I'm gonna start with. Uh, a comedy made by one of the greatest, I'd say it's maybe the greatest American filmmakers that are alive today. All right? The Coen brothers. Back oh, don't. I'm scared. I'm scared. You're going to take mine. Don't take mine. I'm scared. Well, can, no. We can double up, but it's just a test. Yeah, okay, okay. Bad. Tell you what, tell you what. I'm not going to say my Coen brothers one. I'll let you say yours, okay? I'll say a different one, and then you can you can go next, Max, all right? So, instead of that one, all right, oh, I, right. I will mention there is a film uh, about golf. It is always wow. highly rated, one of the greatest comedies, uh, greatest American comedies of all time, anyway. Um uh, it's just uh, heavy hitters, best, pl- best, some of the best comedic actors that that were that have that have lived. All right, Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield. All right, uh, and then you, you got some uh, directed by Harold Ramis. And if you've ever seen Ghostbusters, he's Egon in Ghostbusters, and he has now passed. But basically, I saw this movie the, for the first first t- part. I saw this movie. Literally, it was just, it looked like a turd floating in a pool, in a swimming pool, all right? And when I saw that, I immediately was hooked, I said, and that was like 12 when I saw that. Then later down the road, I realized it's a much dirtier film than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I, I got to tell you, one of my all-time favorite films, one of my all-time favorite comedies, Caddyshack. All right. You will never find another movie that features Bill Murray and Chevy Chase in the same scene. You won't find it. There's one scene in Caddyshack because they hate each other in real life. They hate each other. So, yeah, they got back uh, on like Saturday Night Live and when they did improv together back in the day or sketch. Yeah, they just don't like each other. Their, Their punches have been thrown. That's what I'll say. 
All right. So maybe literally. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean. They they have been oh, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So Caddyshack, one of my one of my favorite comedies. Max. So right, I didn't. So I'm, I want to make sure I didn't steal yours. What do you got? No, it's because because like you know, I think a Coen a Coen Brothers film can be like interpreted as a comedy anyway. Most Coen Brothers films. So I'm not sure if you've actually got my one, but as soon as you said the Coen Brothers, my guard went up because I'm thinking he's got it. <laughs> Is is it the Big Lebowski by any chance? Yes, one of the best films ever. It, it, it just, oh, it's mind blowing. It, it's one of the best. I think it's one of the best p- films ever made as well in terms of narrative. It's it, just a, a work of genius. It is. Yeah, Jeff Bridges, Steve Buscemi, John Goodman, absolutely fantastic. It came out the year I was born as well. So. I, I didn't go to pitches to see it or anything like that. I watched it. I, I've only watched it on like on my laptop and that. But I genuinely, never mind comedy film. I genuinely do think it's just the, one of the best films of all time. Yeah, because it's la- it's not just you haven't seen it, David. No, oh, you're not seeing it, oh, dude. Amazing. No, I can't even remember what it was called. <laughs> the Big Lebowski. The big Lebowski. See, seriously, David, it is fully worth and, your time. Isn't that like, like Spike from the Red Hot Chili Peppers in as well as one, one of the Nihilists? Flea. 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 Flea from what Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's one of the Nihilists. We believe in nothing, Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, no, it is so layered and, and intricate. You can watch it. You will notice something new every time. Philip Seymour Hoffman was in it, and yeah. before he was, like, super huge, uh, and he plays this, uh, he's basically, like, a he's a butler, essentially, yeah. for yeah. one of the Lebowskis. I can't even summarize this film and, and give anybody... The narrative is crazy. The it's, narrative is... There's so many different, like, ways you can perceive it as well. There's so many different ways you can look at it. I've seen someone who thinks it's just a new version of Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. That, that's how crazy it is. Yeah. David, uh, if I were to recommend one movie to you period that that oh yeah you it is totally worth your time max is totally right (laughs) i'm so glad you said that max (laughs) all right david what do you got i feel like you two are gonna be so high brow and i'm just gonna come in i just i I said caddyshack that's the lowest brow you can get no 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 you're fine no pressure i mean there's there's a couple that come to mind and and it was a bit of a um, a fight in my head but for me my favorite comedy has to be something about me i uh, i absolutely love that film okay say uh, say say it again because you you cut out right in the middle of it something about mary yes yeah it's just it is by you've never seen it uh, i've seen it oh it's oh, i know this would probably be a, a repeat of what you two have just done to me but honest to God, it's one of the funniest films you will I'll give it a watch tonight, probably. And it's an and you know what? It's an easy watch as well. Yep. It's so easy. But yeah, it's just fantastic. I think it's got a great cast. Obviously, Ben Stiller, Cameron Diaz, so many in there. But I just think it's it's just a fantastically funny film. Like there's so many parts of that film that just absolutely crease me. And it's it's not really a short film either, is it? It's got it's got a good running time on it, but yeah, that that is my all-time favorite comedy. So, so that was uh, the Fairley Brothers who made that, right? Uh, I saw that movie three times yeah. in the theater, David. <laughs> three times, okay. Yeah. I loved that. You see, I I have this, 
you know, I like, I like, you know, I, you know, I went to film school, so I, I, I have to like the films. But I also like nasty, gross-out, you know, yeah. cussing, doo-doo, dick humor. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's still funny to me. And that movie, Max, prepare yourself. You, you may, you see, you see some images, and it's a thing. Right. Right. But it really, there is a belly laugh, a hard belly laugh early on in that film. And it just yeah. surprises you out of nowhere. Uh, I can't even think about that. There's so, that's what I mean. There's so many scenes that I am like, and even though I enjoy comedy, it takes a lot to have me laughing out loud, like to the point of tears. And there's so many in that film. No, I might watch it tonight when I get back. Yeah, I'm tempted to watch it now. Uh, can I just also give a shout out to Wes Anderson as well? I couldn't really pick one of his films. I just think, and he's not even a he's not even like a comedy director. He's just all of his films just brilliant. Yeah, I was just just I was just wanted to back that up. The Royal Tenenbaums, um, the Aquatic Life. Are you talking about the uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou? Yeah, yeah. I like Rushmore is my favorite. I saw that in the theater when it came out. I'm old. In case you didn't hear gra- that, everybody. Oh, the Grand Budapest. I think the Grand Budapest is probably my favorite. Oh, really? Where's that film? Yeah. Have you seen... Brilliant. Have you watched Bottle Rocket? No. Do you know what? That's the one Wes Anderson film I haven't watched. And I've been, I'm waiting for a while to watch it because I binged his films. And I just felt like that. I'm just going to give it a bit of time before I go. Isn't it his first film or was Rushmore? Was it that old Rushmore? Bottle Rocket, they made a short for it. And it went to a film festival. The right people saw it. And it got funded, and they were able to make a feature. So yeah. that's how Wes Anderson got his got going, you know. Uh, it, but it's not as aesthetically pleasing as his other movies. No, no. You know, it's not. It's you know, Wes Anderson movies are very precise. It's symmetry. It's like you know, he he drew Some this. Of the, the comedy comes from that, I think. A little. So from how from how like pristine everything is, and then. How informal the characters can be. It's just it's just really well constructed comedy yeah. in Wes Anderson films. Have you seen any of those, David? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll let you guys flow and I'll just hold, hold on, David. I, I've got I have to say one that I know you've seen. Same filmmaker as there's something about Mary. Alright? And it's as lowbrow as you can get. Dumb and dumber. Yeah, Dumb I have seen Dumb and Dumb. You have seen I, it? I, I, I didn't love it. I thought it was funny, but I wasn't. I think I've sold myself. Well, I don't know. It, my next film. I, I'll just shut up. Yeah. I, I think it's okay. Yeah, it's an alright film. See, Dumb and Dumber to me, I've seen it repeatedly. It's it's dumb in the smartest way possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just really... What's the soup du jour? Uh, it's the soup of the day. Mm, that sounds good. I'll have that. You know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. that's clever, stupid. You know, that's <laughs> shit like that throughout the whole movie. It's so good. I'll also yeah. give shouts out to this is Spinal Tap, uh, being a primarily improvised comedy. It's brilliant, oh. and Christopher Guest basically was one of the main brains behind that he did uh if you've ever seen best in show uh waiting for guffman um gosh there's just a bunch of really these are good comedies guys i can't believe you haven't seen them they're great okay but this is spinal tap a fake band all right and they're on tour and they're all putting on fake british accents so you guys should 
hear that and possibly be offended. Um, so, <laughs> so there's there's that, and I have to get a shout out to the jerk with Steve Martin. All right, oh. old from the '70s, directed by Carl Reiner. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. All right, Steve Martin, old Steve Martin. So uh, yeah, I literally could list these these all day long. Uh, you guys said good ones. I'm so happy that we have that shared connection now. I'm so <laughs> glad that I, someone who's got the same appreciation for that film that I do. Man, there. It, it's, I'm t- it, I'm telling you, David. You have you, this is this is a moral imperative. All right. I'll squeeze it over the weekend. No, I'll, you don't I'll, squeeze I'll, it in. You build your weekend around it. It's, and then I'll write a review to you guys. Let me know. <laughs> okay, I will say usually people's first viewing is their least favorite one. Okay? The first time you see Big Lebowski, because, no, I, no, I'm telling you, because you don't get, get everything. Because there's all, yeah, there's all these little details that you realize. My film was absolutely amazing. I, oh, wow. I, I, was, I, was, I was enchanted by it. I remember watching it being, oh my God, this is quite possibly the greatest film I think I've ever watched in my life. I think now, when I first saw that, that it, it, it went on par with Heat, is my favorite film. Oh. Heat. Nice. What? Now, you're not talking about the magazine Heat, right? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, a, that's yeah. what IT crowd episodes. The only reason I know what Heat is. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's me showing off the fact that I saw a British show. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a good one, dude. That is a good one. You don't see a lot of Pacino De Niro scenes. Mm. You know what I mean? And that one is that's solid. But anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, we've been pontificating about about our favorite comedies. Uh, anything else, guys? I mean, I literally I got a bunch more, but I if we do, we're going to be recording till you know yeah. for another thirty minutes. So uh, those are some good ones, folks. Um, Oh, and FYI, the majority of the ones we just said are rated R. Okay? Yeah. So sorry, if you're sorry. 10 years old and listening, you probably are not going to be able to watch them. Unless your parents are awesome. Well, you, can, uh, you just have to take your laptop upstairs and put it on in bed when, when your mom and dad think you've gone to sleep. Although we don't condone that behavior in any way, shape, or form. Mm. As I've also heard, and, uh, so, yeah. As I've heard from a lot of other people, David is an awful influence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 <sighs> no, uh, that's that's awesome though. I, you guys said good stuff. I, and, oh, and you know, can uh, hold on? I just have to say this, and I'm not saying this because you guys are British, all right? But the Monty Python movies, uh, ho- uh-huh. you know, Holy Grail and Life of Brian are. Amazing. Like, Meaning of Life is also good, but I like the other two because I like a traditional narrative. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would say those if you – I probably would have said those already if you were American. But because you're British, I didn't want to seem like I'm sucking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're, kind of, they're kind of like well-worn over here. Like it's not <laughs> like Britain in the UK. Yeah. Uh, it can be old hat when you're talking comedies, but you can't forget them. They're brilliant. No, Absolutely but- brilliant. All right. So, that's the end of our comedy segment. Uh, if you don't like our suggestions, uh, tweet at us or something. This isn't a comments thing. We don't have YouTube on this. So, yeah, good luck getting to us. Hey. <laughs> All right, that's it. We'll, we'll, we'll probably do another movie topic or show topic next time. We'll see. 
bright spots this season. We are we are suffocating in a in a cloud of negativity. And despite the fact that trying to think of good things about Everton might make us vomit a little in our mouth because we don't really want to think about that. It's kind of like, you know what? Let us dwell in darkness for a bit. Uh, let's let's just bring a little light. All right? Cuz we we've been pissed. Okay? So, bright things about Everton this season that will potentially help us moving forward. I have four, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm digging pretty deep, but it'll be all right. What about you guys? Where do you, where do you want to start? Yeah, we should start with your four. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got one. What do you got, Max? Go ahead. The, the amount of young players that have come through, really. Mason Holgate, you know, Johnny, we brought John Joe in, we brought Jordan Pickford in, Mason Holgate, John Joe Kenny, Tom Davies, Dominic mm-hmm. Calvert Lewin. You know, I know Luckman's gone on loan, but there's a, you know, we've got a, a healthy amount of young players there that we can we can use going forward. Yeah. To be honest, that that's really one of the only positive outlooks I've got from this season, really. You just said three of mine. I did it with individual players to kind of make the list longer, you know? Beef it out. Beef it out. So you just did this blanket thing that just ticked all of mine off. Yeah, uh, (laughs) Tom Davies is playing better now. Uh, He looked good last season, too, to be honest. He had a solid season. But his return to the lineup, I think, is giving him more confidence. And I think we look stronger as a team. And and it's been said many many times in our in our videos, when he's able to start getting forward and be offensive minded along with getting back and playing D, he's a stronger player and we play better as a team. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Tom Davis, Jordan Pickford has to be a bright spot. He just has to be. Um, he just looks good, and uh, I'll be kind of pissed if he doesn't get the England number one this summer. All right, I would like him to get a little World Cup action going. Um, yeah. And uh, DCL, I, I totally took a bypass. I bypassed Holgate, wasn't even thinking, but he should be here too. DCL and, and Holgate getting valuable experience. Uh, Kenny's getting experience too, but right now I don't know if he's ready for prime time as much as, as Coleman. I think Holgate mm-hmm. and DCL uh, could start if needed, you know, Holgate especially. I think Holgate's ready for starting lineup right now. DCL, eh, it's hard to say, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and I got one other one. Seamus Coleman is back. Okay? I, I feel like I've been doing nothing but kissing Seamus Coleman's ass in these videos this whole time. But you know what? I think he deserves it. Yeah. All right? Unbelievable. What a flicker of hope, you know? Just a little flicker in a dark room. It's great. Yeah. Um, I, I think my, my one now without some shine kind of taking off a little bit because, um, well, he's, he's already kind of wore thin a little bit. But I think if you re- rewind back to September, it was fantastic seeing the ass kind of sticking a middle finger up to Kuhlman. And, you know, getting his run out after all that time. Because he had been the ultimate professional and, mm-hmm. you know, coming on, getting a goal and then later in that week getting another two. Um, so I think, you know, that, that was a real few kind of great moments when he when he came on and won that game against Bournemouth. That was a big win at the time as well. So I think for me it's fantastic. And, you know, when you, when you look at the bigger pitches as well, he, 
all right, he's, we know he's not the best player, but he's a he's a out and out Premier League striker. Now he plays virtually week in week out. So fair play to him. You know, it's, it's probably a dream come true for him personally. Uh, so I think that's a bright spot. Yeah, I mean he's carved out a niche. He's he's got a spot. He comes mm-hmm. in and he makes things happen. You yeah. know, I don't know if he's a starter, but I, I think he, he's been an addition to the team. He's been a good thing. So yeah. uh, I agree. I love an underdog story. I, I say it yeah. repeatedly. I think he's a great example of one. That's a that's a good yeah. that's a good bright spot. You know, yeah. um, I don't think we can really give a whole lot of other like coaching bright spots. Uh, well, the funny thing is like our our U twenty threes look good again, um, but Unsworth's leaving. It seems yeah. like he's going to Oxford. So yeah. that's kind of a dark yeah. thing to go with the bright. Yeah, no, I think it's probably for best, the best, actually. I think it was a horrible time, really, when he came in. It wasn't necessarily his fault. So I think it'd be great if he could go and build his career at, you know, a, a first-team level. Um, and Oxford would be a good place to do it. I'm going to miss him, but if he's eventually ever going to take the reins mm. at Everton, he needs to get more experience somewhere else. So that we can yeah. stop saying he doesn't have any experience, you know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. got to start building and making his way up. Um, it's true. I'm still going to miss him. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. you guys get to see more U23 games than I do, um, but they're impressive to watch. They really yeah. are. So I'm going to miss that. Um, any other bright spots, guys? Uh, Everton What's in the community is Everton, awesome. Really? <laughs> yeah, off the pitch, yeah. Why yeah, yeah. yeah. I a- think it's become apparent, though, isn't it, that we haven't had any... We haven't even had any great results, have we? Where you could go, that game was fantastic. Maybe yeah. maybe the Leicester game was a big win, but except for that, we haven't really, what? have we? Yeah, Watford, Watford was a great win as well, yeah. But you kind of like, you know, yeah. not really blockbuster. Yeah. I mean, when I when I think about the season, my my high, my big moment is probably going to be the Leicester win with Sheamus coming back and seeing seeing a soul creep into the team. Mm. You know, mm. he didn't even give us a week of that though, did he? Literally four days later, we're back down to. But whatever. Yeah, that's the way it works. Um, so, uh, anything else, guys? Any other any others of these? Because uh, we're we're literally we are. Scraping the bottom of the barrel here. I think we're saving our great moments for the rest of the season. I'm like, I'm like David. I'm like David. You know better than that. <laughs> uh, I like how you say something like ultra positive, and it's clearly bullshit, and you're joking. <laughs> I think everyone sees right through my bullshit when I do that. So that's well, that's yeah. the, that's why you do it. You know what I mean? So the good yeah. thing is, hopefully, they get it. It's like a sarcasm font. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. So uh, if that's it, that's all of our of our bright spots. Besides the fact that we've got a new stadium incoming, that's that that that's even been put back a year, hasn't it? So yeah, I will say that uh, where they had the Super Bowl, uh, where Minnesota plays. Um, Mice said, uh, "Just imagine that stadium in blue, uh, it, 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 blue with blue seats." And I can't remember the other thing he said. So check out the Minnesota stadium. It might be yeah, some yeah. some sort of inspiration that Mice is thinking of for uh, Brantley Moore. 
Mm-hmm. So nice. That'd be great. So, guys, uh, if that is it, uh, that is uh, the end of our bright spots. What has gone right? Segment. Uh, it's the shortest segment. That that should say everything. So. Uh, that is that is it, uh, and that is it for the the big show for the podcasters out there. If you are listening via podcast, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast. That'd just be very nice and rate it if you can. That's just that's just sweet. If you're digging the videos, please subscribe to us there too. Uh, yeah, subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. Um, leave a like, comment, all that hot stuff. Uh, check out. Uh, David's stuff on the Sportsman and the Toffee Blues uh, web, website. And check out Max's stuff on the Toffee Blues website. Check out the Toffee Blues website just as a whole. There's a, there's a really great, I think it's a three-word uh, <laughs> breakdown of, our, of, of, of Everton's performance. Uh, it's, it's pretty solid. I think I retweeted it. Uh, yeah, you should check that out. It's wonderful. Uh, these guys didn't write it. They're, they have other stuff, but yeah, it's good. You should check out the site. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I have. All right, guys, uh, here's to better days. All right, nice. and thanks, Indeed. and thanks for your time. We had some long segments besides this one. Uh, much love, and yeah, let's uh, let's uh, keep uh, keep trucking. All right, bye. <laughs>